Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people, just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we're praying for our brothers and sisters in the Philippines. The World Prayer Team is. And uh, we just pray for those who are hearing the gospel message for the first time. We pray that God works in their hearts. We're also praying for uh, our friend Manny, who uh, is overcoming um, um, new heart failure condition. And we just pray that the medicines uh, will uh, help him, but also the hand of the Lord will be on him and will help uh, to heal his heart on his timetable. So for us today, we are studying uh, one of the concluding chapters in the book of Isaiah. This chapter 64 looks at uh, God's answer to a lot of these uh, prayers that have been uh, um, describing uh not only God's return in wrath and judgment, as we saw um, uh, in chapter 63 yesterday, what Jesus Christ's role is when he comes a second time, that role of um, uh, judge and uh, to reestablish the authority of God the Father in heaven. But it also answers this, this uh, uh, prayer for mercy on man that Isaiah was laying out. In chapter 63. So uh, we'll take up in verse 1 to um, from the viewpoint that God now is continuing to answer uh, this, beginning to answer this prayer. Verse 1, chapter 64. Oh, that you would render the heavens and come down, and that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood, and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. So Isaiah is is praying that, oh, it wouldn't be just great that you could come down, uh, come down to reestablish your kingdom, to come down uh, to reestablish your sovereignty. And when you come down, the mountains will quake, um, and just as a fire kindles and makes water boil, um, that's what will happen to your adversaries when your name is made known. There's no superpower when you have God's power 
and that the nations would just basically tremble at your presence. That's the human condition. That's what that's how man compares to God. When when the presence of of God is on earth, when Jesus Christ was was on earth the first time uh men thought they had power over him. But the second time they will realize that God's presence on earth is uh more powerful than any presence on the earth, and when God comes to reestablish His presence on earth, um, that's that is the frailty of the human condition exposed. Verse three: When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down; the mountains quaked at your presence. Okay, so Jesus Christ came down onto the earth at the first time. You know God's presence on when He came down to to Mount Sinai. You know the mountains were uh, um, um, quaking in His presence at that time, and um, so um, God's presence initially on Earth was through people, like through Moses, um, um, doing things that the people did not look for. Verse 4, from old, from the Old Testament previously, no one is heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for Him. Okay? So there's no idol that can can adequately establish who God is. And that's why one reason God does not like idols. He does not like idol worship, you know, what the people were doing, because that's like... God creates man. Man doesn't have the right to try to create uh, the image of God. And um, so, this is God's wisdom, not man's wisdom. And these are God's ways, not man's ways. And um, Paul uh, quotes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. Okay, so Paul is is even going back to this to reference this, that we have no idea what God has in store for those who um, who wait for Him patiently. We just can't can't see it. Verse five. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you were angry and we sinned. In our sins, we have been a long time and shall we be saved? So Isaiah is sort of asking this question like, will man be able to be saved, you know, have we gone over and sinned too much, you know, and he's saying, um, we have sinned, you were angry, and we have sinned, and again, a lot of this prophecy is, is in the moment, because he, at the time of his prophecy, the nation of Israel has not yet been captured by the Babylonians. He's, you know, this is a prophecy for those people to let them know that, you know, how bad their nation was. 
but it's also looking forward again to the second coming and the first coming in some places, but the second coming also of of the Lord Jesus. So Isaiah is, is really traveling through all history here when he's asking these questions. And this is talking about Christ coming again. And we've just we've just seen a chapter where Christ came back a second time to do God's um, will, to, to carry that out. And he'll be doing it alone just as he was doing it alone the first time. So um, Isaiah is asking this question, almost um, looking forward for them, the nation Israel, and also sort of looking, looking um, even farther ahead. Verse 6, we have all become like one who was unclean. Now that, that would have been unclean in sin, but also physically unclean, like a leper or someone infected or, or you know, with some disease, they would call them unclean. And all our righteous deeds like a polluted garment. Okay, these are all uh, pictures uh, that people could understand. They could get their head around that they could have this picture of what their condition is through the eyes of, of God. We all fade like a leaf. Okay, this is, the, this is how frail and brittle and lifeless um, man is compared to God. And our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. Our sin is so strong, it just blows us away like the wind. We have no ability to stand up and um, to sin. It just blows us away like, like um, even like a frail leaf is blown away in the wind. It, we, we just can't hold up to it uh, in the face of sin uh, before God. Verse 7, there is no one who calls upon your name who rouses himself to take hold of you, for you've hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquity. In other words, this is describing God's presence and the power of God's presence in the in the picture of our own frailty. We are so frail and we are so unclean, uh, but when God hides his face from us, um, that is devastating to mankind. And so hiding uh, his face uh, was a form of allowing the wickedness of man to be just taken away from, from, his, uh, from his nation, from his promised land, from his promised land that he promised the people, just like he promised mankind the Garden of Eden. Verse 8, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. So again, this acknowledgement, just like he did back in chapter 63, verse 16, for you are our father. That's what he said in chapter 16. And now he's saying, but O Lord, this is capital L-O-R-D. This is God the Father talking, talking to God the Father. For you are our father and we are the clay. In other words, as McGee points out, they were um, sons of God through this relationship that they had with God the Father because He created them. So in that sense, they initially starts out being sons of God because of this relationship to God making them. Of course, this relationship was lost because of sin. And so God f turned His face from the nation. But now, 
through the coming works of, of Jesus Christ, he is saying, you are our Father through Jesus Christ. And we're the clay. So he says, be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not our iniquity forever. Behold, look, we are all your people. And so, again, they're calling on the name of the Lord in this prayer. And um, again, the relationship to God to be his people, to be his sons and daughters, is now only available through Jesus Christ. That is how God gets reconciled to people uh, through uh from their sins, and it's through Jesus Christ. Your holy cities have become a wilderness, verse 10. And this is a reference to, you know, of course, Babylon coming in to burn Jerusalem. Zion become a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation. Our holy and beautiful house where your fathers praised you has been burnt by fire, and all our pleasant places have become ruins. Will you restrain yourself at these things, O Lord? Will you keep silent? And afflict us so terribly. So chapter 63 ends in this question. Will man get help? Will the will God turn his face away from them forever? Will he be able to help them? And of course now in 65, God's answer begins to this, to this condition, this human condition. I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. Okay, this is God's answer. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am. Here I am to a nation that was not called by my name. So he's now speaking to the Gentiles. And he's saying that, that I you know, will you know, reveal myself to, to these, this nation of Gentiles who didn't know even call my name. And this is the gospel message through Jesus Christ that goes out to all nations. God is seeking man. God is not only going to answer this prayer, He's going to come down on the earth and draw man closer to Him. Even those who don't even seek His name, He's going to reach out to. And then verse 2, I spread out my hands to all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good following their own devices. So this is his answer also to the Jews. He's going to be spreading out his hands to this rebellious people, his people who rejected him, and this people who put his own son to death. This is such an answer. It's not only an answer to this frail human condition. It is an overwhelming answer that, yes, He will. It is an overwhelming answer that He will not only draw people to Him, He will do so in a way through Jesus Christ that... reconciles himself to every nation and not only be people, but be his children, be his brothers and sisters, and he will give them the Holy Spirit not only to dwell among them, but to dwell in them. And they will dwell in him as well. He will give them every spiritual blessing in heaven. He will give them the same relationship that Jesus Christ had with the Father in heaven. He will answer this overwhelmingly out of love. So 
what a um, an inspiring um, look at man's condition. This prayer, this honest prayer from Isaiah to the Father in heaven. The Father in heaven's answer is coming. So we'll take up here next time as we conclude this fascinating study in Isaiah this week. And so um, it's just been awesome to walk through it with all of you. So um, at this point, I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, hope you're doing great. I look forward to hearing your take on this as well. And so from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ, and I'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching begins at Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1. All the way to verse 12 and Isaiah chapter 65 verses 1 and verse 2. So my main highlight from today's um, teaching is that, you know, God responded to people that didn't even call upon him. God, you know, sent his son to die on the cross for us um, when we didn't even ask. He just saved us and we didn't even ask him. So, you know. Instead of people today, you know, the heathen, the non-Jews, the Gentiles, the Jews, uh, begging for the gospel, you know, nobody's begging for it. And, um, you know, if one place rejects the gospel, it, you know, as Dr. J.V. McGee put it, it will flood over somewhere else. You know, if, if Zambia rejects the gospel of, of God today, it's going to flood, you know, it's going to flood off somewhere else in Iraq or um, in a different place. But, you know, the word of God is out there and... You know, to keep rolling out and God, you know, God's word will not remain void. You know, as scripture says, you know, it will go out there and it will impact even just if it's some, if it's just one person. And, um, you know, this got me thinking of, um, you know, this uh, Bible study that we do with my brother-in-law. You know, we started out, you know, just sharing our thoughts and all. And now I think we have a listener, uh, which is great, which is exciting. Um, it may not be like much, but if at least one person is listening in and, you know, it, it's, 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 it's something great. It means, you know, you know, one person is actually, um, you know, listening into what we are sharing and, you know, to our, you know, and seeing our growth and learning something, maybe picking out a few things here and there, because, you know, we're always bouncing off, um, our, our knowledge, uh, of what we have learned in, in the daily, um, study. And, um, you know, my understanding of, you know, scripture and, um, Braz's understanding of scripture. So, uh, here we see the prayer of the remnants of God's people, uh, a pleading prayer, in the previous chapter, they were afflicted and they cried out and um, they called upon the Lord to look upon them. So verses 1 to verse 5 of Isaiah chapter 64, God's control of the universe is recognized. And then verses 16 to verse 13, you know, man's condition in the universe is confessed. So uh, what Isaiah says fits into the program fits into God's program today. So we begin at chapter 64, verse 1. It reads, Oh, that you would read the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. 
So here we see the people pleading and the prophet um, is the representation of the remnant of Israel in that future day. So the prophet used the past tense. So it's a prophetic tense. And, um, you know, because here it says um, that you would come down that the mountain might shake at your presence. Um, so, you know, he went, he experienced, the prophet went and experienced the other side of, um, the event, you know, like it had already taken place. So here the prophet saw, um, if we go back to what Isaiah chapter 61, here is verse two. Here we saw um, both, you know, the prophet was, you know, down below at the valley. And he, 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 he experienced both the first and the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, and he was prophesying as if he was, you know, as if it had directly taken place. So he was prophesying in a prophetic tense and he was, um, he is pleading with the Lord to come for the church. So the spirit and the bride say, come, the remnant you know, the remnant in, in that day are saying, come. So, you know, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying, come. And the remnant are also saying, come. And Isaiah is representing one of the remnants um, of, of God. And then in verse 2, it reads, As fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence so here you know fire makes water boil right and the presence of god will make nations to tremble because god is mighty and um, today nations are not you know um, conscious of god um, you have a lot of nations that are just getting by and are dependent on their own knowledge and understanding. So there is no consciousness of God today. So there is no prayer or recognition of God today, which is sad. So, you know, in that day, there will be that consciousness um, of God because God is mighty, you know, and God will make nations to tremble as water makes, uh, as, as, as fire makes water to boil. God will make nations to tremble. Verse 3 goes on to read, When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down, the mountains shook at your... You came down, the mountains shook at your presence. So here, uh, you know, the mountains will melt um, at his feet. When God comes, they will shake. Nations will tremble. Um, the enemies will cry out and... The mountains, and you know, they can't run to the mountains to hide because, you know, the mountains would have melted down and would have shaken and would have melted down at um, the Lord's feet. Verse 4 goes on to read, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. So here... You know, this is a familiar verse um, where other verses actually drawn from. So this um, verse is also quoted in um, in First um, Corinthians chapter two, verses nine to ten, and Paul used it differently. So Paul was quoting the first part from Isaiah and First um, Corinthians. Let me just turn there to First Corinthians chapter. Two verses nine and ten. 
which reads, but it is written, um, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed to them, to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So here Paul was quoting the first part of Isaiah. Um, that's Isaiah chapter 65. Sorry, chapter 64, verse 4, which um, says, Since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived um, by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you, who acts for the one who waits for him. So, Paul says the Holy Spirit, you know, in our day will reveal these things to us. And, you know, that's if we receive the Holy Spirit. That's if we are faithful to God and let the Holy Spirit actually dwell in us. Because the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in, um, you know, in a place where there's confusion and, you know, where there's lack of understanding. And, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a faithless person. So, um, so in that day, you know, they will live to wait until, you know, God comes. Even for us to see through, you know, the glass that is dark um, than to see face to face. So here, um, Paul is just basically saying, when we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, only then will we be able to actually see these things that are um, spoken of here. So we can identify with these people and uh, we are looking for him um, to, to, tell, to tell us, um, out of you, you know, sorry, to take us out of this world, and um, you know, we are looking for him to come, um, and him being the redeemer and to establish a kingdom on earth. So we're looking forward, you know, as God's children, as children who are faithful to God. You know, we're looking forward to that day when God will take the church out of this world, and um, and um, you know the Holy Spirit will actually reveal, you know, the unseen, actually. The Holy Spirit, when we let the Holy Spirit uh, dwell in us, the Holy Spirit will reveal what is unseen and um, what Scripture is talking about here. <clears throat> in um, verse 4, it says, For in the beginning men have not heard or perceived by ear, nor the eyes has seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. So if you wait upon the Lord, um, you will. the Holy Spirit will actually reveal what we have not seen. So, um, and, you know, we are waiting for, uh, God to come and establish his kingdom here and to come and remove, um, to come and take us out of this world. So verse five goes on to read, you meet him who rejoice and who does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways we continue, and we need to be saved. So here, this is an acknowledgement of sin and um, confidence in the redemption of the Savior. So here we see, you know, um, God's people, the Jews, you know, they are acknowledging their sin, and they have confidence in the Savior. So man's condition in the universe today is actually confessed. <clears throat> so man um, 
you know, during the great revival, man is actually going to confess the sins and going to show confidence in the Lord, our Savior. Verse 6 uh, reads, But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We will fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So here, um, you know, where it's used as much as... Um, Here it's talking about man's sin, rather, sorry about that. It's talking about man's sin and, um, you know, it establishes the fact that man has no righteousness in himself. So it's true of uh, the entire human race, both Jew, Gentile um, have sinned and we are unclean and unrighteous and we are dirty. We're just like dirty rugs, you know, dirty uh, rugs that um, should be disposed of. So we can't bring um, a clean thing you know, out of an unclean thing because we are lost sinners and we can't do anything um, that is acceptable to God until um, he comes, you know, um, until you and me go to God and ask God to forgive us for our sins. So no matter what we take, you know, no matter the works that we do, you know, someone can say, you know, I, um, I'm working for the good of humanity. Um, you know, I'm trying to help as many people as, as I can. It's not the works. It's actually in the heart. I mean, if your heart is unclean, God cannot take anything that's, um, that's clean out of something that's unclean because first you have to be, uh, clean at heart and, um, you have to, um, be faithful to God and you have to be saved. So, so, you know, here, you know, God is the only per God is the only is the only entity that can actually make us a clean. Um, you know, until we go to Him in faith, and uh, not in our works, will God um, accept us, and He will make us clean and whole. So, verse eight goes on to read, "But now, O Lord, You are our Father; we are the clay, and You are the Potter, and all we." Are the work of your hand. So here, God is, um, you know, you know, God is our, God is our Father by creation. Uh, but man, um, you know, he's a lot. He's he he. Man chooses to actually make um, images today to to make God. So today we become sons of God through Christ. That's the only way um, that we become sons of God. And, you know, if we go to 1 John chapter 13 and 14, um, it reads, I'm just turn to, hmm. okay, let me just look for 1 John. So first John chapter sorry not first John. I mean John chapter one chapter one verses thirteen and fourteen reads um, but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who became believe in his name 
whom were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god so we become god's children god is our creator and we become god's children um when <clears throat> when we actually um you know go to god through christ so the new testament um you know it's it talks of the revelation of the sons of god um who are not by creation so uh the verse recognizes god as our creator and he is our potter the one who makes um you know the pots so god created us so the minute um we choose to actually turn and and idolize something else uh we tend to try and make you know a god that didn't create us and we try and idolize that and worship something that um did not actually create us so here uh we can see that in acts chapter 17 verses 28 and 29 which reads <clears throat> for in him we live and move and have our being as also some of your own poets have said for we um are also his offspring Therefore since we are the offspring of God we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone something shaped by art and man's devising so here it's talking about idolatry so God created us and we are his offsprings but um not his sons so when um as long as you know we are not born again that uh, Uh, you know we're not born again sons of god you know until we accept christ and um we go through christ to god so god created us um and we you know we are not to make an image as uh that would be attempting to you know we're not to liken god to you know the gold and silver and you know like it said here um you know we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone or something we ought not to create idols so um god has actually forbidden this so verse 10 of chapter 64 reads your holy cities are a wilderness zion is a wilderness jerusalem is um jerusalem a desolation so here um you know this wasn't true in isaiah's day but came to pass after he died so um in second kings um chapter 25 you know babylon um it was this actually described you know babylon burnt the house of the lord and the things and the king's house and all the houses of jerusalem and this um was all fulfilled and jerusalem actually became a wilderness then the cities became a wilderness and zion is a wilderness and jerusalem is a desolation if you go to jerusalem today this holds true verse 11 goes on to read our holy and beautiful temple where our fathers praised you is burnt up with fire and all our pleasant things are laid waste so here you know isaiah writes of it as um if it's happened but it only happened after 100 years um when Isaiah um was no more so the temple was destroyed the temple and Jerusalem were destroyed you know the rich people's homes were destroyed everyone's you know things that they held dear was actually destroyed when Babylon destroyed Jerusalem so verse 12 reads 
will you restrain yourself because of the things, O Lord, because of these things, O Lord? Will you hold your peace and afflict us very severely? So here the prophet closes with a question. So God only rejected them, his people, um, the Jews, after they rejected God. But this did not change God's purpose for them and for the earth. So God carried through what he had said he would. He sent his son and he will finalize um, that particular program. So here now we move to chapter 65 and here we see the redeemer responds to the remnants so they ask a question and god answers so their sins um have not frustrated god's promise and purpose concerning the coming kingdom so we noted um you know the the fever and prayers of the prophets in um and the people pleading with god to break through all barriers so they prayed in the previous chapters and, you know, in chapter 65 and 66, it contains God's answer and um, their sins were responsible for their judgments on them, you know. So, but a remnant is actually preserved in which he will fulfill all his promises and prophecies. So we see the vision of the kingdom is given in um, chapter 65 and um, um, a, a prospects of Israel in the new heaven and a new earth. So from verses 1 to verse 7 of chapter 65, we see the response of the Redeemer to the remnant's prayer and his reason for the rejection of the nation. So verse 1 here of chapter 65 says, I sought you by, who, by those who did not ask for me. I was fond, sorry, I was uh, let me just start that again. Uh, it reads, I sought you by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to the nation that was not called by my name. So here, this is to the Gentiles and to who the gospel came. So Paul quotes, quotes from this. If we go to Romans chapter 10 verse 20, um, it reads, but Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest by those who did not ask for me. So here, um, today, you know, like I stated earlier, which was my main point, you know, the heathen, the barbarians, the Gentiles, you know, they are not begging for God's gospel today. You know, no one is begging for it. You know, um, Christ is not popular today. Um, as Dr. James P. McGee has quoted time and again, you know, um, from... Martin Luther King Jr., he says, you know, one with God is the majority. So, you know, God's not popular today. He's not in fashion. And God responded to the people that didn't even call upon him. You know, we didn't even call upon him, but the gospel was introduced to us because his own people rejected him. So, the, you know, the gospel spilt over um, somewhere else. And, you know, if one country, if one nation rejects God, the gospel will spill over elsewhere so um god responded to people that didn't even call upon him he just saved us and we didn't even ask you know because he's a god of mercy he's a loving god he's full of loving kindness uh verse 2 of isaiah chapter 65 reads i have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good according to their own thoughts so here you know he's talking to the jews now so the nation Israel. So God first gave the gospel to them. 
Um, and if we go to Romans chapter 10, verse 21, it says, But to Israel, he says, All day long I have stretched out my hand to a disobedient and contrary people. Um, so here, you know, God only came to reject um, the Jews, you know, after they rejected him. So after the Jews actually rejected him, you know, the gospel spilled over um, to, to, to um, you know, to the Gentiles. So here, um, you know, it, it says, I found, I was found by those who did not seek me. So they didn't even seek God. They didn't even know the gospel. So the gospel spilled over to them. So, you know, today, let us seek God. Let us beg for the gospel. You know, like in um, chapter 64, where they feverently prayed and asked God to, um, to break through all barriers. Um, and, you know, let us do that today. Let us uh, beg and ask for the gospel. Let God, let us acknowledge God in everything that we do. Let, you know, let us look to God in everything that we do. Let us, you know, beg for the gospel. Let us read his word because Christ died and was made wisdom unto us. So, yeah, this was uh, today's teaching. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Have a pleasant day. God bless and bye-bye. Thank you.